What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. What is going on, friends, and maybe some new friends? Nick Person here. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here at New Vision, and I am so thankful that you are joining us as we journey through God's Word. We currently find ourselves in 1 Samuel chapter 4. Hopefully, you have heard the previous days and you are well caught up with us. If not, let me encourage you to go back a few days and begin when we begin the journey of First Samuel. And so if you're new to the podcast, we are again are glad that you are here. I want to give you a couple of things to be aware of as we navigate together. I'm going to read the text in its entirety. And today it's First Samuel chapter 4 verses 1 through 22. And you will see that it's the entirety of chapter 4. And so really I could have just said, I'm reading 1 Samuel chapter 4. So I'm going to read it in its entirety. It's only 22 verses, so shouldn't be too bad. Then I'm going to come back and make some comments, some, some highlights, things like that. And then really, hopefully, we can see some applicable steps for all of us. So here we are, 1 Samuel chapter 4, verses 1 through 22. And again, I'm reading out of the NIV. Let's begin in verse 1. Now the Israelites went out to fight against the Philistines. The Israelites camped at Ebenezer and the Philistines at Aphek. The Philistines deployed their forces, forces to meet Israel. And as the battle spread, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 of them on the battlefield. When the soldiers returned to camp, the elders of Israel asked, Why did the Lord bring defeat on us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of the Lord, Lord's covenant from Shallow so that he may go with us and save us from the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh, and they brought back the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim. And Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. When the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came into the camp, all Israel raised such a great shout that the ground shook. Hearing the uproar, the Philistines asked, What's all this shouting in the Hebrew camp? When they learned that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid. A God has come into the camp, they said. Oh no, nothing like this has ever happened before. We're doomed. Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? They are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues in the wilderness. Be strong, Philistines. Be men, or you will be subject to the Hebrews, as they have been to you. Be men and fight. Verse 10. So the Philistines fought, and the Israelites were defeated, and every man fled to his tent. The slaughter was very great. Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. The ark of God was captured, and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died. That same day, a Benjamite ran from the battle line and went to Shiloh with his clothes torn and dust on his head. When he arrived, there was Eli sitting on his chair by the side of the road, watching because his heart feared for the ark of God. When the man entered the town and told what had happened, the whole town sent up a cry. Eli heard the outcry and asked, What is the meaning of this uproar? The man hurried over to Eli, who was 98 years old and whose eyes had failed so that he could not see. He told Eli, I have just come from the battle line. I fled from it this very day, Eli. Eli asked, What happened, my son? 
The man who brought the news replied, Israel fled before the Philistines, and the army has suffered heavy losses. Also your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. When he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell backward off his chair by the side of his gate. His neck was broken and he died, for he was an old man and he was heavy. He had led there Israel at Israel for 40 years. His daughter-in-law, the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant and near the time of delivery, when she heard the news that the ark of God had been captured and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she went into labor and gave birth, but was overcome by her labor pains. As she was dying, the woman attending her said, Don't despair, you have given birth to a son. But she did not respond or pay any attention. She named the boy Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel. Because of the capture of the ark of God and the deaths of her father-in-law and her husband, she said, The glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. This is not one of those verses that you are going to see on a bathroom wall uh, you're going to see, uh, you know, hanging up in the house because first Samuel chapter four is a sad verse. What do we see? We see in the beginning, we see that the Philistines are attacking Israel as you will grow accustomed to. And so, and they are overcoming. There was a first defeat. And then the Israelites decide that, Hey, let's go get the ark of God from Shiloh. Surely we're almost forced God's hand to move on our behalf. Let me go ahead and say this just for all of us. We don't force the hand of God. We pray, we ask, we um, go before the king, but we do not have a position where we force the hand of God and God does not owe us anything. He is God. He, he, he is not indebted to anyone. But if I'm honest with you, there are times that I think that my behavior should elicit God's uh, best. And when I say best, I mean what I want from him. And that's not the case because God's like, Nick, I don't owe you anything. I gave you grace when grace was undeserved. I cleaned you up and made you a masterpiece when you were a mess. So Nick, I don't owe you anything. But the nation of Israel is acting a lot like I act when I go, God, you owe me something. So they go and get the Ark of the Covenant. It was the very presence of God, you know, and it had some things from their journey in the Ark of the Covenant to remember well what God had done. And so they were like, hey, God, if we get this Ark of the Covenant, then you'll have to do what we think you should do. And that simply was not the case. And so you see the nation of Israel shout, and it's a great shout. We see this in chapter, in verse five. It's a great shout, so loud of a shout that the Philistines like, oh no, there's these gods, and they use, notice, a little g-god. They did not recognize the true God. They say, hey, he's coming, and how can we stand against him? How can we stand against gods? And there's one of the, some of the men among them that say, you know what, listen up. Listen up. We have been called to fight. And so they do, and we see as it continues that there was an even large, even more of a loss for the Israelites and not only that, but Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died as well. And know that Samuel got this word from God that not only would his sons, Eli's sons, die, but they would die on the same day. And here we see again God doing exactly what he said he was going to do. Second reminder for me is this. God does what he says he is going to do. Always. He always does what he says. He doesn't have empty words or empty statements. He does what he says he's going to do. All of his rewards have weight because he will bring them to fruition. Then verse 12, this Benjamite runs back in 
to town and Eli is listening and it says that Eli has grown blind. Not only is his physical symptoms um, a physical thing, but they're also a picture of spiritual things. He has really grown blind to the things of God, not only in his physical appearance, but also in his spiritual walk in life. And notice that he is told that his sons die, but that doesn't overwhelm the spirit of Eli. What overwhelms him is the fact that the ark of God is gone. The ark of God is gone. And so it's like, whoa, the presence of God has left us. Oh no, this is probably Eli's worst fear. He's a priest of God. He's the messenger of God. And he recognizes that in essence, that seems like the hand of God has been removed from Israel. And we'll see that that is not true, but man, in this moment, it seems that that is true. And Eli dies on the same day that his sons die, overwhelmed by his death. Then immediately after hearing this news in verse number 19, Eli's daughter-in-law goes into labor. And she names her child Ichabod, which means, which means the glory has departed. Could you imagine having the name that the glory has departed? I mean, that does not sound like a name that sets you up to do great things. But in her dying breath, she is saying, what I have experienced is the glory of God leaving Israel. And my son is going to be representative of this moment, of this time. See, there are things in our life, there are scars that we have, and we want to ignore the scars sometimes, but really scars help us remember well and walk differently. If you got a scar from doing a bike trick that went wrong, you probably are going to be more aware the next time you do a bike trick of what could happen. And so sometimes scars are necessary because they remind us of what is true, but there is also healing there. There is healing. Yet it's a memory, but it has been healed. And so Yes, it felt as if the glory had left Israel, but actually it had not. God was still calling the Israelites his people. He was still going to move on their behalf because he chose them. It wasn't because Israel was set apart by their own means, but because God had chosen them as his people, he was going to do exactly what he said he was going to do, and he was going to be faithful. So hear me when I say this. You have a faithful God. You are not forgotten about. He has not let go. There might be seasons where you might feel like God is not present, but he has not moved. And know that scars help us remember the providence and the movement and what has happened. Because healing has happened when you have a scar. So don't forget it, but also remember the faithfulness of God in the midst of pain, in the midst of strife, in the midst of hurt. He is able to heal us, remind us, and fix us and make us new. And so today, as you navigate, don't forget that. Don't forget who your king is. Don't be in the position or try to sit in God's seat because that's not a seat we belong in or fit in. But fix your eyes on the king, walk in his ways, and remember that he is active and he's moving and that he keeps his promises. Know that we are for you. No, I'm for you. But more importantly, you have a king who goes before you, a king who's in your midst, and a king who has your back. Y'all go be blessed, and we hope to see you back here next week as we go begin, continue on this journey on Monday. Y'all be blessed, and we'll see you soon. Bye, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.